0: And Luke, We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley.
1: <coughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Thanks to Max Williams for joining us last segment. Wolf, we're going to talk to Michael Bidwell in a little bit here,
2: too. Yeah, that's going to be really, really cool right there. Michael Bidwell joining us at the bottom of the hour, as we like to say, mm-hmm. here in the radio business. Probably going to ask him about those black helmets we had in here yesterday. Oh, yeah, the black helmets, of course. They're going to wear those black helmets coming up against the Baltimore Ravens, and a couple of times this season as well. The Alternate helmet for yeah. the
1: Arizona Cardinals. Couple games. I want to say it was New Orleans and Philadelphia. At least I don't know. I'll, I'll double check that. Don't quote me on that. But they're definitely wearing them on Sunday against Baltimore. Um, all right, Kevin Durant on Twitter was always a always an interesting follow, even before all this Durant to the Suns and then just Durant to every team. Uh, even before all of those those rumors started up, Wolf. He's always been an interesting follow on Twitter. Now we read the uh, the clip from the Mark Stein piece yesterday. Where he said one uh, league source basically suggested to him Kevin Durant would retire before he played for Brooklyn again, okay? Remember we read that yesterday? Yes. Yes, okay. So KD tweeted out yesterday, uh, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. And then he said some stuff I can't say is comical uh, at this point. Stuff is comical. I almost that read it too. <laughs> that was good. I almost read it because he has Safety an extra, tip. an extra word in that first sentence. So that was like, I better just read it literally. And then the next <laughs> word I can't read on the air.
2: Yeah, I know it was, uh, you know, um, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, yeah. that's kind of a little, <laughs> I guy like there's guy, at you know, least one extra uh, word in uh, there. Yeah. There's something going on there, but really don't miss the point <laughs> with Kevin Durant right now. Um, he is not going to retire. Uh, listen, the odds of Kevin Durant retiring um, are not good and were not good yesterday. <laughs> Remember that? As no, well, soon retiring. as we heard that story coming down, it was like, well, really? And who was it, Luke? It was some reputable well, guy, it was was Mark guy? Stein, yeah, but he, Stein. he
1: wasn't saying it. He was saying he had heard that right? from a source that he trusted. Not that he was but, going to retire, but that he would rather retire than play for
2: Brooklyn. Yeah, but, but that's, any time yeah, yeah, that was word. never going to be the case, right? There was no way that Kevin Durant was going to retire. Uh, he'd be leaving so much money on the table. You knew that story was a joke. Well,
1: and he also just missed basically a full year. You know what I mean? Like, he's already had to miss time. He's been trying to. I, I'm torn on this Durant stuff because it, you could you can make an argument but he would have to make it to me, and I don't think he's calling into the show today. Um, if he was just like, look, the reason I want out of Brooklyn is because I want to try to win a title, and it's a circus over here. And yes, I know the pushback would be like, look, dude, you helped create that circus when you decided to play with Kyrie, uh, and that's fair. But he never agreed to play with Ben Simmons, yeah. and and the Kyrie stuff, you know, maybe you
2: live and learn. If, if that's why he wants out, if he what wants to go Steve play Nash? somewhere. Steve it's, Nash and Sean Marks. Yeah, that's Not was playing weird. for those guys. Okay, yeah. I, I just don't like it. I don't. Um, it's just dripping with diva. Although I will say the odds of Kevin Durant becoming a son just exploded. <laughs> Based on the fact that he's not retiring, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even okay, do the math equation just anymore right now. If he was going to retire, there'd be zero chance this, of a trade coming up. When this
1: all started, when he requested the trade on June thirtieth, and honestly, even for a few weeks before that, when we were talking about this, it always just kind of felt like a math problem, and then it became like an algebra problem. Like, oh, there's a couple variables. Well, we're into full blown calculus at this point. Like, yes. there are so many variables. Yes, you just gave me. Okay, he's not retired. So I can go ahead and change this to not retiring. But there's like 97 other ways this equation could go now.
2: I love the way you just said that, not retiring right there. Listen, there's an old proverb in the Wu-Fang Clan, okay? An old saying in the Wu-Fang Clan, audience. Productivity plus payment equals not retiring. (laughs) (laughs) Productivity plus payment equals not retiring. Is this like the intensity index? (laughs) You picked off on it right there. Yes, it is very similar to the intensity index as well. But productivity plus payment equals not retiring. There's no way in the world Kevin Durant is going to walk away and retire. He's not going to do it. Can you imagine what
1: he's going to be like whenever he does retire? Because I'm looking back to his previous tweets to see if there's anything else we can try to read stuff into that we shouldn't be reading into. And it's really just him kind of lifting up trolls and arguing with them. That's that's
2: his Twitter account. You have to wonder why that is. You know, I don't know. Why why there are certain guys that I see out there as well, certain people that are in the media of course that they just can't ignore. They they can't ignore the troll that is out there, right, for whatever reason. Yeah, okay, but Durant has 20 million followers. I, I know. And he retweets these He's people. He's over 20.3, 20, 20. I believe. Yeah, if yeah I, just 300,000 more. If how I'm about that, good. man? Yeah. I just nailed that. I mean, the stuff that sticks in the cray. Remember the time oh, you tried to guess
1: goodness. Kendall Jenner's Twitter followers, and you're like, I don't know, 167? And it was like 36 million.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was bad. I mean, it was a little bit off. Yeah, At least you didn't go just over. a little right there, but what what are you talking about? Why in the world would you engage trolls? Why would you do that? He's been doing this since he got into the league, or at least since he got
1: onto Twitter, and if you're that big, you just can't. You really can't if you're that big. Or, because here's why you can't. Because, People see it. The trolls see it, and they're like, oh, he retweeted this to his 20.3 million followers. Yeah, right.
2: I'm going to trash him, too. Yeah. And he just keeps retweeting them. You know what I think? I think just being a professional athlete for 10 years and being the object of the scorn of so many fans when we'd go on the road, I just— <laughs> I, for whatever reason, it's the face that gets me. Uh, When I'd see a face, I'd never be able to ignore a fan. (laughs) I wouldn't. And it drives me crazy to this day. My teammates were always like, Wolf, just what are you doing? (laughs) Just don't engage them. Don't ever. I have no problem not engaging on Twitter. I have no problem not engaging these people that are trolls. And you know that there are trolls, right? But man, when I see their face... I have a problem with Well,
1: it. this is why you're okay on Twitter, because most of the trolls don't ever show their face in their profile yeah, picture. It's always right. like a picture of a movie or just like the letter D or something. I-, I wonder how Wolfly the player would have handled Twitter, though, if Twitter was was there while you were an active player. Yeah, Might I do wonder that, different. too. All right, we come back. Kids can't wait. You can make a difference. Our give thon week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Jason's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
3: The
2: give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valet Hyundai dealers in
4: the auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, in the Arizona Sports app. Give us on on the Wolf and Loop Show.
1: For Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the auction Indian Community. Desert Financial Phone Bank open right now 602 933 4567. If you'd like to become a champion of hope, $20 a month or more. And a teddy bear will be donated to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a kids' pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. And Wolf, you know, we were talking about this during one of the breaks. I think it's important to point out, you know, every dollar really does count. If you're driving around, you're like, okay, you know, I I can't give, what what was the the last company we had? Um, we had on Q financial $25,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's a lot of money, but 240 bucks, which is a lot of money to, you know, just a a person, not a a corporation makes a huge difference. Like I have some of the numbers here. Every $6.50. Equals a meal voucher for a kid in go, the cafeteria okay. downstairs. There you go. So it's a it's a quality cafeteria. Uh, Twenty five dollars is a gas card for the family. Hundred dollars is a red wagon for patient transportation. So that's just like gives you an idea of it's not. We talk about all the big numbers, and you're like, okay, well, I got to hit a big number. Every dollar that that can be picked up for the kids makes a huge difference. What was it? uh fifty one percent they estimate of patient families have little or no private medical insurance. That's the kid has nothing to do with that. Right. A four year old kid cannot determine whether or not he or she has medical insurance. So your donations go a long way.
2: Yeah. And not only that, too, let me throw a couple of other numbers at you quickly right here. Thirty eight sites of service across the state of Arizona. It's not just here. It's not just Phoenix Children's right here in Phoenix. They have 38 sites across the entire state, man. They got 12 community pediatric practices. They have 20 outpatient specialty clinics, 38 sites of service all the way across the state of Arizona, man. That's what makes it so cool.
1: Yeah, Yeah. okay, we have uh, another check presentation right now. Let's go to American Textile Recycling Services.
5: All right. Talking now with Robbie Milner, the market team manager of American Textile Recycling Services. Robbie, thank you so much for being here to talk a little bit about Phoenix Children's Hospital.
0: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
5: You and your company have been involved with the Giveathon for a few years now. About how long has it been? Um, It's been about six years. And what inspired you to start that partnership?
0: one of the reasons why the company was started was that the owners wanted to be involved with the community they wanted to give back to the community and they wanted to give people second chances Mm. so um you know and and i had a personal connection to the phoenix children's hospital um my daughter was there for a while she was treated there for about three years. It was it was nothing major. She was just having some growth issues, and so we would take her down uh, once a month for a couple of years, and they would treat her. and It was it was a great experience.
5: So the Milner family connection grows because of the experience you had with Absolutely. your daughter. That is tremendous. Well, Robbie, I know you have a big check. That yep. you're waiting to present. Would you mind sharing what the amount on that check is? Um, yes, it's $25,000.
0: And it's really thanks to the community. You know, their generous donations next month in our association will reach the $500,000 uh, level that we have contributed to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Wow. So that's a great milestone for us.
5: That's amazing. I can sense you're getting a little emotional when you say that. $500,000.
0: It's a lot of money. It's really been tremendous.
5: Well, thank you, Robbie, to you, thanks to American Textile Recycling Services and the way that you have galvanized the community to give back to such a tremendous cause. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Wow. That's, oh, uh, oh, that's man, that another is, significant amount
2: of money. <laughs> that is, you know what? Maybe one of the finest check presentations I, I've ever heard. Only because the guy has a personal connection mm. to Phoenix Children's. Man, you, you could you could hear the emotion in Robbie's voice right there. Um, this is the great thing about Phoenix Children's. It's right here in our backyard, man. I what a blessing that is. What a comfort it is for so many families that are here in the state of Arizona, 602 Write that number down. All
1: right, it's time for another story of hope presented by Madami Holmes in September of 2019. Jason, a student at Brophy College Prep, collapsed during basketball practice and was unresponsive. His mom, Dee, dad, Chris, and Jason talk about that fateful day and what was to come in his Phoenix children's journey. This is Jason's story.
4: Getting a call from the school when you see that pop up on your phone, uh, middle of the day or the afternoon, it always takes a pause. So my husband, he simultaneously was getting a phone call from the police officer that had hopped in the ambulance with Jason. But as we started driving down and discussing what was going on, we started to, I think, get a little bit more panicked my husband went to park the car and I I ran in at that point that instinct kicked in that something wasn't right and that's when we found Jason you know getting treatment by multiple people there were first responders standing over him the emergency room staff
6: due to the amount of people in the room it was it instantly caught you as wow this is this is serious It, it, it was it was frightening
4: but Chris and I knew to stay calm because we knew that he was in the right place and the experts were taking care of him. Jason had collapsed at practice, that they had gotten to the scene, that an AED had been administered. For that to be administered, we now know the heart must be stopped. Uh, I do remember just waking up in the hospital day and I was confused. Uh, my mom mentioned to me that I actually thought I was in the hospital because of COVID. I didn't know what had happened to me. It's like my brain just completely forgot about everything that day. But the overall experience
6: from the emergency room to the ICU... It it, it was absolutely incredible and exactly what you would want.
4: And when we did get introduced to the Dr. Franklin, Dr. Velez duo, um, the A-team, we had no idea, again, being in it, that we had, you know, the MVPs of, of, you know, the surgical and um, clinical team. You know, everything from them drawing us pictures, you know, answering our questions as things were unfolding. They were so patient, um, but that's the type of doctors and surgeons that we dealt with who, no matter how long their day was, was making sure we as patients were seen and heard, um, and that was important. You know, we were scared once we started to get more information um, because of the unknowns of Jason's recovery.
6: As the days turn into multiple days and move on, you know, Jason went in and he had a surgery approximately week a week later. So spending time at BCH around the clock and 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 they do a really good job. They become your family because you you don't leave and you're there nonstop. I can't be have enough gratitude and be thankful enough to the folks that gave us care. The ICU director stayed. I checked in with her at night. You know, just walking to get a cup of coffee and said hello to her and said thank you for a stat. She knew that Jason was did well and he was checking out of the ICU after his open heart surgery. She smiled. She said, "I'm so happy for you because not everyone gets the outcomes." because we are, we're very fortunate. Jason has a very, very great, and we were very fortunate for his outcome. And, and she was another person that just, her, it was so grateful for the staff and the standards that they maintain for themselves in that hospital. It, it was remarkable. Wow, what an incredible institution you'll find yourself in when you, if, if you receive care or ever need to attend PCH for any reason.
1: Great to hear uh, Jason there to be able to tell part of Jason's story. Well, 602-933-4567, the Desert Financial Phone Bank, is, of course, open.
2: It's the thing about so many of these stories right now. One day, everything is fine. And then the next day, it's not. What day? What a day that must be for so many families. It changes your life forever, just like Jason, collapsed, had to have heart surgery, and then the, the fact that he went to Phoenix Children's, and suddenly there it is, a family gets to meet the family of Phoenix Children's that rally around them, and support them. It really is. I cannot tell you how many people we hear that comment on it's like a family, a big family over at Phoenix Children's. 602-933-4567. You hear the music, and Luke, tell us what that means. Yeah,
1: music means we are in a match. Howard Air is going to match any donations we get right now. So like Wolf just said, 602-933-4567. There's five of you driving around or listening to work right now. The 240 bucks makes a huge difference. You can do it $20 a month. You can do more, but it'll make a huge difference for sure for people like Jason. And, Wolf, that sound means it's time for the Train Teddy Bear Express. When you become a champion of hope for $20 a month, a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All right, when we come back, football, Cardinals. Second preseason game is coming up. Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 and Kona The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's
6: sports station.
1: Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Thanks to everybody who called in for PCH uh, as well. And those lines are still open. Wolf, we got some football to talk about. Of course, you got oh, yeah. the first preseason game in the books. Cardinals look good. They get Baltimore this Sunday, nationally televised game. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell. Michael, how are you doing today?
3: Doing well, Luke. Good morning. How's it going? It's
1: going. going well, it's going Michael. great. Thank we're, you. we're excited to talk some football with you, but we understand you have something a little bit bigger than football to talk about first.
3: Yes, and thank you again for doing this uh, this donation, uh, this uh, the phoneathon and. And um, and and all the effort into raising money for PCH. Phoenix Children's Hospital is such a center of excellence for um, pediatric health care. All the specialties that they have, they really make a difference. And, you know, putting this into perspective, there are not a lot of communities around the United States that have such a gem like mm. Phoenix Children's Hospital. And we're so lucky to have it. And these families that um, PCH and their expert nurses and doctors uh um, uh, do to help these kids get better and go through some of these really complicated procedures and really tough uh, health care problems. Uh, we're delighted to donate $10,000 this morning, so uh, I wanted to call and, and take care of uh, uh, s- saying that this morning first. Nice.
2: Yeah, Michael, thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for that. That really is awesome. I know that it means a lot to you, of course. Can you talk a
3: little bit about Cardinal Charities? They work with Phoenix Children's as well. Yeah, we we support PCH throughout the year. This $10,000 obviously is not all we do, and, and it's it's just not um, the, the financial donations that we make uh, to PCH. But it's also, I think, m- more importantly, our players, cheerleaders, Big Red, uh, they get down there and cheer up those kids because a lot of times those kids, you know, they get visits by their, their family and their doctors and nurses, of course. But being able to see um, our players – and meet the cheerleaders and have big red. My sister Nicole takes her dog down there, Hank, her therapy dog, down there. It's been a while since COVID, pre-COVID, uh, when she was taking him down there. But uh, it's, it's it we're so honored to be a part of that that team to help um, you know brighten up some of those those kids' day. That you know a lot of them in a really tough situation. I've been down there a number of times. And it's just great to be able to be a part of, um, you know, trying to take the kids' focus off of some of the the tough things that they're going through.
1: Yeah, and especially the the they told us about you know the, they have the trained dogs there for the kids to just kind of like you know it's a bright spot in your day. So that's that's really cool too. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for the ten thousand dollar donation. First of all, um, since we have you here, feel like we should ask you some Cardinals questions uh, as well. You know, I know I know winning a preseason game does not you know it's 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 a preseason game, but I tell you what, a pretty good start, and and we're just listening to Cliff Kingsbury talk before about how nice it's going to be when you have all these receivers out there with Kyler Murray. you got some weapons on offense this year.
3: Luke, I, I think you're right, and Wolf knows this. I mean, Wolf, you may agree with me, but I, I told Coach after the game that was the best coached uh, preseason game I've seen. They were well prepared, and it was the best preseason performance I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, for us to go out there and perform the way we did, uh, it, it was just awesome. And, it, and and we only had, besides the punter, the kicker, and the uh, uh, long snapper, we we only had two or three other folks that are likely to be starters this year in the game. It was all backups. Uh, we We saw few penalties, no turnovers um, you know our our defensive front what a difference i mean that that defensive front held them to seventeen yards rushing up until the very end of the game, the last two series. Uh, they were able to put some rushing yards up but I I just thought we looked terrific Wolf do you agree?
2: Yeah there's no doubt Michael you think about it Um, you had no turnovers in the game yeah you missed Matt Prater of course missed two extra points but you had no turnovers and two penalties you and I were talking about it after the game two penalties just incredible you rarely see that in a preseason game so let's look at the regular season it's looming it's coming up what does it mean to the organization to have kyler murray
3: locked up for the next seven years well it's amazing you know having a franchise quarterback and we're so excited that we've got him locked up that he's our leader he's been doing a fantastic job uh and you look at i I just watched a closed practice and i'm really excited about what i was seeing on the field yesterday you heard uh coach uh talk about their their the first um, practice with, with training camp practice with both Kyler and Hollywood connecting and I saw it again today uh, it's going to be dynamic uh, as well I don't I, I don't want to put all the focus on on the receivers and Kyler so we've got a running game that looks really strong our offensive line uh, Steve Kime did a great job through free agency and with the trade um, we're a very talented team and you know we've got to we got to stay healthy through the remainder of preseason but when you look at the respect that the schedule makers gave us from the NFL you know starting out at home with Kansas City, And then this morning we learned that it's going to be CBS's number one team, Jim Nance and Tony Romo calling the game. We're getting a lot of uh, respect from everybody. This is going to be a huge game for us. And then I just think the season just, you know, we started fast last year. We made a lot of changes. I know Coach has done a lot of things. We've got to stay healthy, but uh, we're looking to finish very strong this year.
1: We're talking to Michael Bidwell. Michael, I can't tell you how many people when they found out we were talking to you today said we have to ask him about these black helmets. Everybody loves these <laughs> things. You guys going to be wearing them on Sunday a couple times during the season against Philadelphia and New Orleans too. How did these come about?
3: Well, you know, it's the 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 league office uh, allowed us to consider uh, adding a second helmet, and this year was going to be the first year of it. And so we we've been working on it for a couple of years. Pretty excited about how it came out. The players, the fans, the reaction has been amazing. I can't wait to see it in uh, with our black uniform. I've seen it out of practice, and it, it's it's just awesome. So I'm I'm super excited about it, to show it off on national TV and uh, and do it a couple more times uh, during the regular season it's going to be awesome. Speaking of that, Michael,
2: ha- have you done anything to State Farm Stadium this year? I, I know that in the past you've you've taken the off season and made some improvements. Have you done any
3: improvements to State Farm Stadium? Sure. The, the two most notable uh, changes that fans are going to see is the BetMGM sportsbook is going up in the Great Lawn. It'll be completed by the first regular season game, week one, and uh, we'll open it then. That's going to be awesome. It's a two-story building just across from the pavilion. In the Heritage Pavilion on the Great Lawn. The other big thing is we have replaced the North scoreboard, so it's um, it's, it's going to be uh, an amazing upgrade in terms of its clarity and the pixels go from 400,000 pixels to 3.3 million pixels. So it's it's going to be uh, an awesome HD quality uh, uh, board that is uh, really going to enhance everything and is i think we've talked about before 5g is going to be throughout the stadium and the parking lots uh so super bowl 57 is obviously here in in uh february we have put 150 million dollars of upgrades into state farm stadium since uh the last super bowl and so it, it every year we've done a lot and uh this year um we're excited and i'm excited to get the fans in there so they can see it for themselves and experience it I gotta tell you, Michael had Max Williams
2: on a little bit earlier. Have you ever had the the ability to sit down and have a deep conversation with Max Williams? Because he's a little weird, Michael. <laughs> oh
3: no, he's he's awesome. We, you know, I'm, I'm I'm working out a little bit downstairs, and I typically do it when the the rehab players are are down there, not so I don't disturb the guys. And so Max and I have spent a lot of time in the off season together, and I love him. I think he's uh, such an awesome kid and has worked so hard, and uh, probably one of the, uh, the you know, he's at the top of the list with being one of the most loved players in the locker yeah. room. Everybody just loves him because he's he's goofing off here and there, and he's such an affable guy.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Michael, thank you so much for your time, man. Really do appreciate
3: it, and really appreciate your check as well as yeah. support. Thanks a- for a the Phoenix generosity. Children's. Of course, thank you, gentlemen, and appreciate everything that you guys do and what you're doing today for Phoenix Children's Hospital.
1: Thank, thank you. you very much. That's uh, that's Michael Bidwell right there joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Ten thousand dollars from the Cardinals, having a pretty good day here so far with uh, with getting some solid, some very very impressive donations for Phoenix Children's. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, the Ravens are all business in the preseason. So would that make a Cardinals win on Sunday mean a little bit more than a typical preseason game? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right. Thanks to Michael Bidwell for joining us last segment and for donating ten thousand dollars to Phoenix Children's too. It's not we're not uh, we're not making every guest that we have donate ten thousand dollars. That would be excessive. But Michael Bidwell kind enough to do that on behalf of the Cardinals. Now Wolf, they've got a game on Sunday. That yes, it's a preseason game. We're going to hear from Kyler Murray a little bit later on in the show, but it sounds like he's not playing, That according to Kyler Murray, just at least the, the reports I've seen. So it sounds like he's not playing on Sunday. I don't expect the Cardinals to alter anything for Sunday's game, but as a fan, wouldn't it be kind of nice to just end this 21 game winning streak for
2: Baltimore since it seems to mean so much to them? Oh, I, I know, yeah, it would be but once again, you got bigger fish to fry you do. in the preseason, you do. You got to find out who's going to be on your 53. It's all about the individual reps and the player reps, of course, and how they perform as individuals. I, I know it's kind of cool to look at it talking to Michael Bidwell. There's no doubt about it. Watching that first preseason game, that is one of the most clean preseason games I've ever seen. Especially a preseason opener. Usually you usually might get that by like the third game. You, I, you've got to be kidding me. You had two penalties. You had two penalties in the game and uh, no turnovers either. So... You know, you look at something like that in the first preseason game where you put the silks on and you go out and you play that well as a team. That is kind of cool. There's no doubt. But it's all about the individual performances. It really is. It's hard to look at it from a team perspective and say, this is who we're going to be when you know you've got four guys that might actually be starting, four guys that might actually be starters for you that are playing out on the field. Yeah, you know, look. You don't want to read too much into it, but it sure beats the alternative, doesn't it? Uh, This is Cliff yesterday
1: talking about what he expects the starters, and obviously he's in charge of who starts. What he expects the starters to look like this week?
6: I would say similar to last week. Okay,
1: so that right there would indicate, especially at the quarterback position, what do you think that indicates? Because Colt McCoy was
2: technically listed number one on the depth chart
1: last week. He just was hurt.
2: Let's see. Yeah, I, Colt McCoy. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see Colt McCoy. I think we're going to see Trace McSorley. Once again, I think we're going to see an awful lot of that. Now, I. I was at least smart enough to turn my headset down this time. Oh, my goodness. I, I was not prepared for that, uh, I was but we'll so take prepared. it. Maddie Fresh. We'll take it. A little Trace McSorley. Every um,
1: game <laughs>
2: Oh, I love that, man. That is so good. But honestly, um, Will Hernandez, that is the question I have. How much are we really going to see Will Hernandez play? Because I thought Will Hernandez did an excellent job getting a little grease. And I understand why the Arizona Cardinals want to see him play. They have not seen him play. With the Cardinal colors on, of course you want to run a guy out there. He's kind of like a new toy, and uh, you wanted to play with that new toy. Well, you want to see if this new guy can actually go out there and give you a little grease. That's exactly what I thought Will Hernandez did. He gave him a little grease. As a matter of fact, it wasn't a surprise. They ran right over him. I believe two of those three touchdowns ran right over Will Hernandez. So um, I thought he played very, very well. I don't know if we'll see as many reps from Will Hernandez in this
1: game. He would be a guy to watch, though. The cornerback position, those are guys to watch. Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson specifically. Zaven Collins is the obvious one, if, if it really is going to be the same lineup. Uh, but Trace McSorley, is, if he's going to start, it'll be against his former team. Now, he joined us yesterday, and we asked him. It's kind of strange that a team has won 21 straight preseason games. Dating back to 2016, right? You know, I think it's just how they approach preseason games. A lot of teams will tend to approach preseason just as, you know, hey, let's get some reps for some guys, you know, get some of the starters some rest time. And, and if guys need to get ready for the season, you know, that's kind of how they. a lot of teams will approach it. And, you know, I know just from my time in Baltimore, they approach like this is a game, you know, we go out, we play the game to win. Um, so it doesn't matter who's in, they're trying to win the game game and you know the coaches call it like that players they expect everyone to be playing with a high effort and all out from the start of the game to the end Uh, and I think that's just kind of the culture they developed is you get into preseason games especially now they they know they understand the streak that they got and they understand everyone's going to give them their best shot everyone wants to end it at this point so uh, they know what they're going up against so they they prepare that way and you know that's kind of how they approach it. Well what's interesting is the last two players we've had on Trace McSorley and Max Williams but both Played for Baltimore and they both played for them. The streak's been going so long now that they've
2: been part of the streak. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and if you're going to emulate a team, the Baltimore Ravens, that is a good team to emulate. I'd love to see the Arizona Cardinals employ a little bit more of the physicality of the Baltimore Ravens and what they do offensively. Blend the old with the new. Continue to do that, and I think Cliff will do that. We'll have to wait and see how the season unfolds, but I want to go back to Trace McSorley here because honestly, I think the Arizona Cardinals, I could be dead wrong on this, earnings but I've I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to keep three quarterbacks really? because of Trace McSorley. Because of Trace, I, I kid you not. If you tell me Trace McSorley goes out and plays like he did if in he Game it again. One, if he does it again in Game Two and Game Three. What are you going to do? You get a cut trace, mix early because I will tell you right now, somebody's, somebody's going to go, pick him what up. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, it, no, if he can do that, I know, I know. There's people like, well, you're overreacting to a preseason game. No. To be fair, Wolf, and, and we talked about this last week. He looked really good in camp too, leading up to this this preseason game. Now he's got to keep doing it, but I. I don't know. I mean if, if he's gonna do this for this full month leading up to the season And that's the key right there. He looks like he could be a backup in the NFL right now if he could do that. Like you if, if you get you have Colt McCoy, but if Kyler Murray had to miss okay, he's gonna have to miss week three and week four and you had to go to McSorley. Okay, well you're not excited because you don't have Kyler Murray, but you feel like McSorley could you could survive those games with him.
2: Yeah, you know, once again, um he has to continue to play he's, well. Yeah, he's gotta keep doing it. Did. Yeah. And In game one, that's what I'm saying right now. Um, And that's the reason why I believe, hey, you know what? Maybe the Arizona Cardinals are looking at Trace McSorley and they're saying, well, okay, we kept three with Stravler, the leveler. We did, and now we're maybe gonna keep three again with Trace McSorley. I think that could be a legitimate possibility. S-
1: Strevler had that that rhyming nickname, but he did not have the song that Trace McSorley has. He and doesn't have the song. He and doesn't. And, and you know, he didn't have the feet. Honestly, that's the thing. He he play. He's not Kyler Murray, but he plays similarly enough where you wouldn't have to be like, oh, now we're gonna change everything for Trace McSorley because he's coming in.
2: It's it's so cool. If you watch Trace McSorley, he he, he runs north and then. He he's gonna bust one way or the other and his little feet are thats pitter-patter feet right there when you have that little that little something and then he bursts uh, one way or the other that, man, that is something that mama and papa gave you, man that is something you can't really teach, and I was Stunned to see that pitter-patter and that explosiveness and the athleticism from Trace McSorley. I'm sorry, Penn State fans. (laughs) I'm sorry, Nittany's. But your quarterback has got some athleticism. (laughs) I did see a lot of people being like, look, this
1: is just another in a long line of great Penn State quarterbacks. Penn State has had some great quarterbacks in the NFL but it has been a while. Yeah. Like they, they have them. You but you got to go back
2: away. I like to bring up Jeff Hostetler every time we talk Penn okay. State. Okay. But it has been right a little there. while since Hostetler's
1: but, best games. Well, think
2: about it, though. He, he played for Penn State. Where'd he oh, boy, God, right. in where, where, where did he, into all- inside, Where'd he transfer to? Where did he. Jeff Hostetler. Where did he transfer to? Pitt. Uh, West by God, Virginia. <laughs> That's what he did. He left Penn State and transferred. And this is back when there was no transfer particle.
1: Yeah, there, it wasn't like an NIL deal that got him out of, uh, out of Penn State. It no was NIL. Okay, all right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day. and <laughs> Down Your Lunch is next. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who knows?